Amen. Church, you can have a seat. As you do, turn to your neighbor and say, you're different. You're different. You knew they were before you even sat down. They're different. And God likes it. Hey, things at the Gannon household this weekend got a little bit tense. I just got to tell you that, okay? When I got cornered by my teenagers, uh, 15-year-old daughter, Ava, and 13-year-old son named Jake, and, and they, they wanted dad to uh, let them have an app on their phone. And I'm like, well, what is it? And they told me what it was. And I said, they said, oh, it's great. You know, we can use it to message our friends and, you know, send pics or whatever. And I'm like, I said, well, you can just, you got texting. Just use texting. I mean, that's what I do. And Ava reminded me that, well, dad, you, you, we only use texting for school. You won't use that with our friends. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. I use texting all the time and I'm not in school, but whatever. I said, okay, uh, let me give you another reason why I don't think that's the best idea to have this app. So I gave them the idea. And, and of course, I got done explaining it. And then they, they, they had a question. And they said, but why? And I said, well, I thought I just kind of covered that there. But okay, let me give you another reason. Here's another reason I think that it's just not necessary. You don't need this app. So I gave them that example or that explanation. And then they had, a, they had another question. And that question was, but why? And I'm like, okay, we're, we're really not getting anywhere right now. So, so then I had to close that conversation um, with, you know, you as a parent maybe, maybe had to do the same way. Eventually you have to just kind of say, you know what, here's the answer. Because I freaking said so. That's why, okay? Pastor, you shouldn't say freaking. Well, just be grateful you can't read my mind, okay? So I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> I just was like, come on. And, and, and Jake, said, Jake uh, said, all my friends have it, Dad. And even as he said, all my friends have it, he, he, he kept talking and he said, all my friends have it. But yeah, 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 I know, I know. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. We're supposed to be different. We've been set apart because I've been telling him that. So he knew the answer. So he answered it himself. And, you know, I won that little battle that day, but we'll see. Um, two days later, uh, Jake and I are going to get a haircut. Uh, Jake's hair was like huge. It had like its own zip code. So I'm like, Jake, it's time to get a haircut. So we drive and we get his haircut. We're driving back. This is like Wednesday. And he's like, oh, I want to go play to a friend's house. And I said, Jake, I don't have time to take you to a friend's house. I'm going home. I got some stuff to do. And he said, oh, that's okay. I'll just ride my bike. I said, Jake, it's minus 44 degrees outside. Okay. Look, okay. I want you to look out the window right now as we're driving. I said, look around, Jake. Do you see anybody riding their bike? And he said, no, but dad, you called me to be different. And I was like, dang, that's touche, you know? <laughs> so Jake, guess what he did? He rode his bike to his friend's house. So if you saw a kid out on his bike, that was my kid. So anyway, so um, he, God wants us to be different. In this whole series, let me give you the premise. The series about being different is this. God in this series is going to teach us, you ready for this? He's going to teach us how to be generous. How to be generous. Now, even as I say that, you might push back a little bit and say, wait a minute, I've, I've been generous. I know how to be generous because we think about that one time, right? Gosh, that one time I felt really generous and I gave that person a meal or whatever. And like, I, it's always the one time. Like even when my wife Jody says, honey, I'm going to need some help around the house. I'll remember that one time. I'm like, Joe, I can't believe you asked me that, Jody. Just the other day, I cleaned the entire bathroom. She's like, uh, yeah, that was in 2018. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. It felt like it was just yesterday. So, but we remember that one time. But, but, but I, this is why I'm so excited. The reason generosity, I think, is different is because it doesn't come natural. It, it, we're not born generous. We're not born with a generous heart, like born with a selfish heart. Like I could win awards for being selfish, right? I'm just, I, I, you, need to, you need to learn generosity. Like it has to be taught. I'll talk to people, I'll talk to pastors. Like, especially in the season that we've been in over the last year, 
I'll talk to pastors and they get frustrated. They're like, our people, they're just not givers and they're just not, they don't have generous hearts. And I'll, I'll, I'll push back and say, have you taught them? Like, have you taught them to be generous? Like, you, you, you can get mad or you can actually teach because you, it needs to be learned. It's like you can't expect some, somebody to do something they don't know how to do. Jake, when you were in wrestling a few years ago, your first year in wrestling, oh my gosh, if there's anything, is there anything more stressful than watching your kid wrestle? I don't know, wrestling parents, you know what I'm talking about. It's shaved years off my life. But anyway, so he's out wrestling, and, and first year, and he's on top of the kid, and I'm like, yeah, go, Jake. And Jake's got him, and his arms are right here. I'm like, I'm thinking, Jake, just, just clasp your, your hands, and you have him in the cradle. So I'm like, Jake. Put him in the cradle. I said, cradle him up, Jake. Put him in the cradle. And Jake's like looking at me. I'm sure Jake's thinking, I don't see a cradle around here, Dad. What are you talking about? And then I realized, crap, he doesn't, he doesn't know what a cradle is. I've never taught him. He has no idea what a cradle is. So uh, I apologize for that. Then I was like, okay, he doesn't know. Just crush him, Jake. Crush him. You know how to do that, right? So you need to be taught these things. We need to be taught how to, and not how to give. This is not a series on giving. So if you got tense, oh my gosh, you don't need to be tense, I promise you. It is not a series on giving. See, we can give in a moment. We've all done it. We give here, we give there. You can be motivated to give. You can be inspired to give. You can even be guilted to give, giving, right? I've been there. A little girl, two years ago, I think it was, not the summer, not last summer, but the summer before, she came to my um, door selling coupon books. And I'm like, it's 25 bucks. I'm looking through it. And I'm like, I don't even, I would never go to any of these places. I've never even heard of them. Like the one I heard of, I think it was Worlds of Fun. But I'm like, that's in Kansas City. I don't even live there. I'm like, I would not use this. But then she went into the spiel about, oh, they need uniforms for their dance team or blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, all right, I'll buy one. No idea where it was. Never probably used a coupon in it. But I was, I felt like kind of guilted into giving. And you've been there too, but this isn't about that. This is not about doing something. See, this is about being something, and there's a big difference. This is about being something. I wrote down generous isn't something you do. It's something that you are. And, I, and here's the thing about you. I may not even know you, but I know this about you. You want to be generous. You do. You do, because, because God is generous, and you're created in his image. So you want that. And, 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 but so many people, including myself, it's like, but how? How do I do it? Well, maybe you've never been taught. In this series... I'm going to show you. God's going to show us. See, generosity, generous people, it's so interesting. Generosity, it transcends, like, inspiration. It transcends guilt. You, like a generous person, you will rarely see them motivated or inspired to give. You won't. Hardly ever. Hardly ever. You, you'll almost never see them guilted into giving. Do you know why? Because a generous person, they move beyond that. Like, for them, it's, it's different. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's a different, say different, it's a different lifestyle. Here's my commitment to you. Over the next three weeks, this is what God's going to show me and you. I wrote it down. My commitment to you is this. When generosity becomes a lifestyle, this is what we're going to do together. We're going to learn to consume less, give more, and save more. Okay? You're going to consume less, give more, and save more. This is, this, that's different. And, and if there's ever a theme that I, that, that I, I want this to have, and I've, I've given you this scripture over and over, and I'll never stop as culture shifts, as society just continually goes maybe trending in a wrong direction, we as the church, we as God's people, we need to be different. And in Romans 12, 2, we, we learn, Paul said it through the inspiration of God, do not conform. Do not conform to the ways of the world. Be different. 
Do not be like the world, but instead, let God transform you by changing the way you what? Think. It's got to start here. See, if you're not taught how to be generous, it'll never flow to here, and it'll, it'll never flow out here. And that's not your fault. Like, if you're not taught here how to do things, you, you, Jake, you don't know how to do the cradle. I can't, I can't get mad at you for not knowing how to do the cradle. You never were taught. God's going to teach us. I'm so excited about this. Because, and why it's so abnormal is because normal for us, like, just think of giving. Think of spending. We, as Americans, we've, what we've normalized is, like, we've learned how to spend more than we bring in. Okay, that should be impossible. But we've made it, like, more than possible. Like, we've made it normal. I've made it normal. We, 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 I, we, I've, I've borrowed money, paid interest on the money, and bought something that depreciated immediately in value. Maybe you have too. My first car, dang, it was hot. 1987 Honda Accord? Spoiler, because that's how I roll? I mean, actually, I did, had no idea what a spoiler was until they told me. But yeah, it had a spoiler. And it had the custom rust around the wheels, you know, that sometimes those cars get. It's hot, white, and... Uh, 1987, I remember it cost me five grand. So I, so I had to take out a loan, probably needed 14 co-signers, you know, knowing me. So I took out a loan, and so I'm paying interest on the loan, and immediately when I, when I drove that Honda Accord away from that house, that, that, that person that sold it to me, immediately started to lose value. And in my case, it probably lost more value than most because I was kind of hard on vehicles. I remember a stu- uh, some stupid day, it was freezing cold. I know we can't re- relate to that right now, but anyway, it was really cold outside, in that Accord, I was I flipped the door handle to open the door, and the door handle was flying off. It was, I was like, "Dang it!" So then I priced one out. It was like five hundred bucks. I'm like, "Well, that ain't happening. Okay, I don't have five hundred bucks unless I get another loan." So I for the next I told this story once before. For the next year and a half, I crawled through the passenger side. Okay, that's how cheap I am, and that I'm so proud of myself. So I so and it got better because I remember going on a date. Oh, this is good. So I go on a date, and I'm sure this girl who who's on a date with me is thinking, "Oh my gosh." He is different. He is old school. This might be the one. As I walk around to the passenger side, and she's looking at me, and I open the door, and she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know they made him like this anymore. And then right before her, I jumped in myself and crawled over to the driver's seat, and then she's like, okay, that's not the one. And it wasn't. That was our first and last date. So, but I'm just saying, it was, that was me. But so let me, let me start, God's gonna, let, let, let God teach us some things right now about generosity. Generosity, I want to give you four, these are going to be quick, um, four quick truths about generosity that you may not even know. So let, let's learn together. Generosity is not spontaneous. Like it isn't. It, generous people, they don't, they're not spontaneous in their generosity. Like it's very much strategic. I wrote down generous people have a plan. They've got a plan. Like it's planned out. They know what they're doing. You can give to this and you can give to that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. That's great. But that's not generosity. That's giving. Remember, this isn't a series on giving. It's not. This isn't a series on generosity. Generous people have a plan. It's not spontaneous. Number two, generosity is not determined by cash flow. I'll say it again. It's not determined by cash flow. Listen to me. They don't say, I'll give when I can afford it. That's, generous people won't say that. Because cash flow doesn't matter. It's not dependent on that. It doesn't matter. Generous people are consistently, oh, remember last week, consistency is a key. If we're going to, as we walk with Christ, it's got to be consistent. It, it, it continues this week. Consistency is the key. And the next one flows right from that. So it, it, it's not determined by cash flow, and it's not just for rich people, right? Oh, if I was rich. Oh, if I was rich, then, then I'd be able to be generous, 
Let me clarify something. Rich people aren't necessarily generous people. Rich people are rich people. Generous people are generous people. Okay? Does that make sense? So it doesn't, it's, it's not just for rich people. Listen, if you're not generous now, if we don't learn to be generous now and start implementing that in areas of our life, we're not going to be generous when we have more. That's not just, that's biblical. It says, well, if you're not faithful with what you have now, you, know, you won't be faithful with what you're given. I, I, and we wonder why we're not given more. I want to be generous. I want God to know it, it won't just stop at me. God, it's going to flow through me. That's what he wants. That's what you want. Even if you didn't know that, I'm telling you. This is so good. So it's not just for rich people. Last but not least, this might be, to me, the biggest one. Generosity isn't based on the amount. It is not based on the amount. It, so just let me give you an illustration. Imagine, imagine like this weekend, all of a sudden the church receives a $100,000 donation or gift. Now that might be prophetic. Who knows what God's gonna do? But God, the church gets that gift. And you know what we think? What a generous gift, wouldn't we? I mean, what a generous gift. But how do we know it's generous? How do you know that? The only person that knows if it's a generous gift is the person that gave the gift. They're the only one that knows. Let's say we find out that that $100,000 gift came from the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett. Okay? A hundred grand, he's got like a hundred squillion dollars, okay? That's right, squillion. They made up that term just for Buffett, okay? So he's got a lot of money. A hundred grand ain't nothing to him. That's like two cents. That's the, in fact, if Warren Buffett gave this church a hundred grand, I, Warren, if you're watching right now, listen. If you give the church a hundred grand, I'm going to call you up. And the first thing I'm going to say is, listen, Warren, you could do better than that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> There's a reason I'm not in charge of our fundraising. So anyway, um, so yeah, come on, Warren, what's wrong with you? Uh, so it's, it's not based on the amount. It isn't. It's so key that you catch this. I could... I could take it a step farther. I could tell you that, say I rolled up to somebody, say I come up to you and I see that you're needy and you're, you, maybe you have an eight in a day or two, and I know that. But I've, I've just rolled out in my Lexus. I've moved up from the Dodge Challenger to a Lexus because I'm like that. And I get out with my Gucci suit on, pinstripe probably, just, mm. So, and I'm like, you know what? You look like, you know, you, you could use a hand. And I'm feeling like I want to give. So I reach in my pocket and I'm like, I pull out just a wad of cash because I'm the Lexus and the, the pinstripe suit. And I got, look at this, thousands of dollars. There's really not thousands of dollars, but just pretend. Okay, so I got thousands of dollars. I'm looking at my cash and I'm like, you know, I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like I have a big heart. And maybe this is generous and maybe it's not. You can decide. But I think, gosh, of all the thousands of dollars I have, you know, I'll, I'll give you 50. And there's 50. And I give you 50. Now, I ask a question. Is that a generous gift? I, I don't know. I mean, we, he knows. He would know. He's got, maybe he's got tens of, maybe he's got money like Buffett. I don't know. But he gave 50. I think we could look at 50 bucks and say, oh, that's a pretty significant gift for somebody that's just maybe on the side of the street and they just need a meal and you throw them a 50. Wow, that's generous. Is it? I don't know. Because in the same scenario, I could be, maybe I come up to you and I'm like, I have nothing. And you, you, you have even less. Like I have an eight in a day, but you have an eight in two days. I don't have a Lexus. I don't have any wheels. We're both hoofing it. But I see you and I'm like, you have a need. And, and I don't have much. I mean, I'm like you. I don't have a lot, but I probably got more than you have. And I think to myself, and I'm digging in my pockets, and I'm looking, and I'm wondering, what do I have? I don't have anything. And nothing there, and nothing there, and nothing there. And, oh, what's this? Oh, God, that's right. I had that my last 10 bucks. And I think, gosh. <laughs> it's tense right now. Um, 
And I think, you know what? I'm going to do it. In fact, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to hold this for a second. I'm going to give you my coat, too, so come on here and get yourself snuggly warm. How's that? Good? Good. Okay. <laughs> You're never going to come to church again, are you? I'm sorry. So, she's like, ah! so, um, so I give her my coat. I give her my 10 bucks. Is that a generous gift? I think we would say, my gosh, I don't know a lot about that guy in that hoodie. I don't know much about him, but he don't seem like he has much. And he dug, he dug in all his pockets, but he found a 10. That's all he had. Plus, he gave her the coat. I mean, that's pretty generous. And I'm actually going to need that coat back because I'm cold. So, uh, sorry for that. so I'm going to put this coat back on. But we look at that, and you can't. What I'm saying is the amount, you don't know what's generous, and you don't know what's not generous. So you can't just judge it on the... I need someone to help me. Okay, no, I'm good. I'm good. So, and because, you know what? I, we got to make this kind of fair here. So let's even it out. There. See, now it's good, right? So give it up for them for helping out. Thank you. They're like, so that, that is just, and that's biblical. What you just saw there, that is a biblical, I mean, in the word of God, if you have a Bible, bring your Bible if you don't have one. Or if you have one. If you don't have one, I'd love to give you one. It's hard to bring your Bible if you don't have one, Bryce. You can't do that. It's impossible. So um, Luke 21. Jesus, something's happening. And Jesus is observing it. Luke 21, verse 1. This, what you just saw here, it literally plays out. Not just like that, but watch. Listen. So while Jesus was in the temple, he watched rich people dropping their gifts into the collection box. So Jesus is literally watching the people give. See, we, we tend to think, well, no one should know about my giving, and you, sh and you shouldn't be vocal about it, but uh, you know, it's just between me and God, and it's all this private thing. It was very public to Jesus. And why it was very public to Jesus? And it wasn't about the money. This series, by the way, it's not about money. This generosity is not about money. I mean, that, that's the, it, that'll be a subject in it, but it's about generous. And Jesus is watching the people give. And, he, and you know why he's watching? It's so interesting. Why is he watching them give? Does he, gosh, Jesus, is that all I care about? Churches want your money? Uh-uh. Jesus is watching their heart. See, Jesus is watching because, because you know this and I know this. Uh, money in particular, that's why Jesus talked about it more than anything else. Why do we have to shy away from it? Jesus didn't. Don't be, God doesn't want to get something from you. He has something for you. It's so key that you catch this. So, so in the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So, so Jesus is watching, and a poor widow comes by, the little box, the little vase, the little collection plate, and she drops in two pennies. She gives just her two cents. It's like nothing, nothing, but she gives it away. And Jesus, listen to what he says. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. This poor widow has given more than all of the rest of them. But the rich people, Jesus, they were bringing big gifts. They were giving like fifties and hundreds and maybe hundred thousands. And Jesus says, she's given more than anybody. This poor widow has given more than all the rest. They've given a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. See, we're looking at, we're looking at what's been given. God sees what's left. Oh my gosh, we, we always focus on, oh, look what's been given, the 100 grand, the 50, whatever it is. God sees what's left. I'm so regardless of how much money you make, regardless of how much money you have, listen to me, you can be generous. You can. It's, such, it's so freeing to even know that regardless of what you have or don't have, you can be generous. The woman would have had hardly anything. The woman, a widow in this day? They, would have, they wouldn't have hardly a means to make money. 
and she gives it all away. And Jesus says, what an extravagant gift. What a generous gift. What a sacrificial gift as Jesus looks at her. And sometimes I can be guilty. I'm going to pat myself on the back because, oh, I gave, you know, my 10% or I gave a, a small percentage of my income to God and I'll feel all generous about it. And I wonder if God looks at me sometimes like, you know what? Compared to what, 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 what others will give or what generosity could look like, that looks like the rich people given maybe a tiny surplus of what they have. And he humbles me. And I think to myself, I go back to the woman with the two cents. What an extravagant gift. What a generous gift. It was two pennies, Jesus, I know. It was the most beautiful thing. It was all she had. Now, is God calling you to give all you have? He, in some cases, he will. You just got to be obedient to whatever he's telling you to do. In her case, this is what I believe about her. I don't think that that was spontaneous by her. I don't think that the woman sitting in the congregation was like, oh my gosh, the music, that was the song I wanted to hear, I'm going to give. That was the message I needed to hear, I'm going to give. I mean, no doubt the message was killer because if Jesus was in the room and he gave it, it's kicking, okay? It was good. But, but I don't believe that. See, this woman, he, I, I would think that when she woke up in the morning and she got dressed in her meager wherever she lived and she put on her Sunday best, which wouldn't look like Sunday best to most of us or most of them in the temple, and she put it on and she grabbed that two cents off the, off the table, I, I think she probably knew, I know exactly where this is going. See, it was planned, it was strategic. She, she, she knew, I'm gonna give it all. I'm going to give it all. And, and you could say, well, how do you know that? Uh, I, I don't. I'm, that's my opinion. That is my opinion there. I'm, I'm just telling you, generous people, and, and that was a generous gift. Jesus even said it. They, they, they have a plan. It is planned out. And, and that's what God is really teaching me in this moment. She wasn't moved to just give the gift. She, it was just a generous gift because, because her heart, Jesus had her heart. Jesus had her heart, so she gives it all. It makes such sense when you think about it. Shouldn't we, by the way, as believers of Jesus, whether it's our time, our talent, or our treasure, I mean, we should be the most generous people on the planet because we've been given the greatest gift in the world. His name is Jesus. And oh, it's a good gift. Oh, it's a generous gift. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, if you don't know him, he wants to meet you here today. That same Jesus, by the way, he made a statement about giving. I bet you've heard it tons of times. I bet you've even said it. And you might not even know where it came from. You might not even know it originated with Jesus himself. See how, how it happened, and it's not even in the Gospels. It's not even in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. That's not where it was recorded. Paul had heard it from somebody. Maybe heard it from Jesus himself. I don't know. But Paul, in, in the book of Acts, we hear it. And I'll set it up for you. Paul is leaving a city called Ephesus. Ephesus is all along the Mediterranean Rim where all these ch churches were first planted. And um, how, so Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, the Bible, that was written to a church in Ephesus. That's how it got its name. So, so Paul is leaving Ephesus. In Ephesus, the city, this church is dear to him. He's invested a ton in this church. He has loved this church. He has written to this church. He has walked with this church. And Paul knows this will be the last time I ever meet with this church. He knew it. He knew when he was saying goodbye to the church, he was saying goodbye forever. Like Paul knew that his next step would be going to Jerusalem, and he very well knew that he was going to be locked up. So he knew this was it. So this is a very emotional moment for Paul and the church, very intimate as they're saying goodbye to the leaders, the leaders of the church. And that's when Paul hits them with this term, this, this phrase that you've said and you know, and he says it. Paul says, church, and you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed or, or blessed, depending on 
you know, how you grew up. I don't, we should do a poll on that. Blessed or blessed to give than to receive. Now, you've heard the statement, and it's probably when you gave something to somebody or someone gave something to you, and, you know, you thought to yourself, oh, yeah, yeah, it's more blessed to give than receive. But if we're honest, we, then we also thought, eh, it's also kind of blessed to receive too, isn't it? You know, it's, if we're honest, I mean, it's nice to, it's nice to get a little too. So, but, but Jesus says this. And this reference isn't refer, referring to a one-time event. When Paul said it to the church, and when Jesus made the statement to who he, who he made it to, he wasn't saying in the moment, hey, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to give this one time, make an offering, do that one-time giving. No, no, no. Jesus was talking about a lifestyle. Jesus was talking about a, di a different way to live. See, even, even the word blessed in that, in that context means like happy. More importantly, it means joyful. So uh, joy, he's talking about there is joy when you are generous. There is joy when you're giving. That's why I wrote down when you become more generous, you become more joyful. See, and we, we tend to think the opposite sometimes because we're so like, we get tense in this area sometimes because we associate it with money and then you associate money with, oh my gosh, somebody wants my money and whatever. So, but it's not that. It's not that when you become more generous and you want to be generous, you know you do, you will become more joyful. Do you want more joy? Yes. My gosh, are you insane? Yes, you want more joy. God, I hope so. And, and listen to me. Let me, I'll, I'll continually take the pressure off you. I am not trying to get a thing from you. If, if you've come to this church for more than two or three weeks, you already know that. I'm not trying to get nothing from you. It, 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 God has something for us. God has something for me and for you. I mean, if I just wanted to stand up here and, and like manipulate or motivate you into giving, I could do it. Like, I could do it. I could, I mean, I could tug at your heartstrings. I could show you uh, like a picture of these little puppies in like a cage, like a picture like this right here. And you could look at this picture and I'd say, look at these little puppies. These puppies have an eight in days. These puppies are sad and they're lonely and they're scared and they're, they're tired. And these puppies, these puppies have never met their real dad. Never. These puppies. And you'd be like, some of you right now are ready to throw money at me. Oh, God, give the puppies money. Give the, you know, where do I send it, Pastor? Okay, my Venmo is at Monty P. Gann. Anyways, I'll make sure the puppies get it. So, but if I, if I wanted to manipulate and motivate you to give, which I never want to do, I never want to do. I always say, if you never give anything, I'll love you and walk with you, but you'll be the one missing out. That's the problem. That's what people don't know. Why would I want that for you? Why would I want that for me? So this is so much bigger than that. It's so much more than that. And that's what I want you to know. It's way better. I, I wrote down, there will always be people trying to get you to give, inspire you to give, guilt you to give. God doesn't want to just teach us to give in the moment, but to live a generous life. So as I close the message, I want you to dream with me for a second, would you? L let's just, let's just, Let's just run this, run this through our minds, this scenario. Let's pretend this is true. Let's pretend that um, an angel shows up to you, and this angel wants to bless you with everything, with all the money you've wasted. Like, just wants to bless you. Now, you've, all the money you've wasted maybe over the last 10 years. I mean, if you're over 40, maybe go back the last 20 years. And, and, and the angel says, I want to bless you with all the money. Now, wasted, you have, to you have to define that. I don't know what wasted is to you. I mean, it, it could be, you know, friv friv easy for you to say, frivolous spending. Um, fr frivolous spending. It could be, um, gosh, what are some ways we would, maybe, maybe always eating out, maybe uh, 
maybe buying Honda Accords and spending a lot of money on parts, which you know, of course, I never did. Uh, maybe buying Valentine's Day presents for people that you know you shouldn't, maybe, you know, you shouldn't have never been with in the first place. I don't know what's, what wasting is to you. I mean, uh, camping gear, I mean, you know that's a waste. I mean, if you're camping, seriously, I mean, I'm sorry. That you, you want that money back. Bad investments, I wrote that down. I've had a few of those in my day. What if God, through this angel, said, I'll give it all back to you. See, for, for some of you, it's hundreds of dollars. For, for most, thousands. And even for, for many, tens of thousands of dollars. If you think about it, and, and you could have it all back. Someone asked me once, I, I was a drug addict for years, and uh, someone asked me this one time, Monty, how much money do you think you wasted on drugs? And I'm like, I don't, I've never really thought about it. So I kind of started doing the math, and after, after about two minutes, I didn't want to think about it. You know, I just, I was like, dang, I kind of want to go hide under a pile of clothes and just cry for three days. I mean, that's, that's painful. But if an angel shows up to me and says, dang, you know, I'm going to give it all back to you. And you, you, you know, I'd be like, all right, family, pack your bags. We're going to Hawaii like seven times. I mean, it'd be awesome. But the angel says, you can't do that. See, the money that you're giving back from the angel, you can't spend it on yourself. You can't, you can't do things that would benefit you. See, the caveat is, is that you have to use all the money that you've wasted on others. You have to give it away. I should say you get to give it away. Oh, oh, and you have to do it in a year. Think about that for a second. I, I, can you imagine how much fun that would be? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, when that little coupon girl came to my house, I wouldn't have to hide and pretend like, like I wasn't home. I wouldn't have to do that. I could boldly answer the door and say, hey, little dance girl. I'd be like, what do you got? Oh, coupon book? All these coupons suck, but I'm going to take everything you got, all the coupon books, and I'm going to take the entire church to worlds of fun. Let's go, you know? Let's do it. So I'd buy them all, and I'd do it with a smile on my face because it, wasn't, it wouldn't be about what I'm getting out of the coupon book. It'd be about what I'm giving to her and her team and their families. Think of how much differently you would see the world and how differently the world would see you. See, that's what God wants to teach us. That's what this whole series is about. I think of people, maybe you walk by, we had this discussion in one of our groups this week and a guy brought up a valid point. We were getting real and he's like, sometimes I walk by people maybe downtown and I don't wanna even give my contact. Because I feel like if I give him eye contact, there's a connection. And then I feel compelled to, you know, I should give him something. He's being honest. Remember, we're not born generous. We're born selfish. Generosity is something you got to learn. We're learning together. I'm learning with you. I'm not by nature a generous person. I'm not. I have to learn it and then implement it. But, but he was being very real. But what if you had so much of this back and you felt so generous because of all you've been given that you're not scared to give eye contact, but you look right at him or her. You don't just look at them, but you get down at their level and you hear some of their story and you say, you know what? I'm not going to put something in the guitar case or something in the hat, but, but, but I want to I see if I can get you a place to go. Maybe a, not, not even a hotel, but can I help put a down payment down on, a, on an apartment for you? Uh, can I help walk with you and get you back on your feet? I mean, think of how it would change you and how it would change others. God wants to show us how to consume less and how to give more and how to save more because that's different is I want to be different that way. Uh, like I normally tell you, I think this series is probably more for me than anybody because I'm, I am bent towards selfish. I am. But I don't want to be that way. I want God to teach me. 
and he's teaching us in this moment. And we get that money, wouldn't that be great? It's deposited in your checking account just like a government stimulus check. Boom, there it is. Let's go. Worlds of fun. Think of the impact. Jesus was constantly trying to get his believers and his followers to think differently. Do you know that? Here's what's crazy. We read together Luke 21, 1 through 4. You know what I did this week? I kept reading. And let me read you verse 5 and 6. It is so telling. There's always more to the story. Jesus, remember, they're in the temple. He's watching the widow and the people give. Okay, that's done now. And Jesus, some of Jesus' disciples began talking about the majestic stonework in the temple. Look at it, it's so beautiful. The memorial decorations on the walls. And as they're admiring the architecture and the beauty and all the innate details, Jesus looks at them and he says, you know, a time is coming, guys and girls. A time is coming when all these things will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. And I wonder if Jesus is teaching them in the moment, don't get too attached to that. It's just stuff. It's just things. You will not take it with you. It's a building, Peter. I know it's beautiful. And Peter, guess what? One day, these buildings will have statues of you in them. And they'll be named after you, Peter. But again, all that at the end of the day doesn't mean much if you don't know me and know the center of who you are in me. It'll all be gone. I don't wanna live for this world. I don't wanna live for this world. I don't wanna live for this world. It's why I tell you that we will be a church. We're in a temporary facility. I don't wanna invest in property. Like I've been boldly praying since I said it before, God, Warren Buffett, if you're watching, lean in, okay? Because I've been boldly praying that someone is just gonna give us land, give us property. I don't care, I don't care. I don't wanna invest in it. I don't wanna invest in property. I wanna invest in people. I don't wanna invest in property. I wanna invest in people. I wanna invest in people. Now, do we need a building to gather? Well, yeah, it's negative 14. I would like to have a place to come in, you know? Yeah, it's important. But this is the huddle, the church is out there. That's what I want, that's what I want. So I'm gonna keep praying boldly that way. By the way, did I mention there's an exciting announcement next weekend? You gotta come back, it's gonna be good. So. When you become more generous, you become more joyful. When you become more generous, you become more joyful. Has nothing to do with what you currently have. Until we realize that we'll always struggle with not only generosity, but gratitude. We always will. So action, what is the action I should take, Pastor? What do I do? Well, I would say take a step towards generosity, okay? I can't tell you what that is. I can give you ideas, but God, the Holy Spirit, he's way better than me. He'll, he'll guide you, he'll convict you. He'll convict you to, to plan it out. I'll, t I'll tell you something. I'll give you, I'll give you one idea. Uh, we see new people. I, I'm also proud of our church. I talk about our giving all the time because the, the church just blows me away. But that's the way the church should be, so I don't get too excited because that's what God expects. We are the church. And I'll see people, new people give all the time, and it's exciting. It's awesome because I know God's doing something in their heart. But, but you know what really gets me? It's these, these, these consistent, like, people just will set it. They're like, I'm gonna give one, 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 one family, it's five bucks a week. And you might think, five bucks? That's nothing. To me, it's everything. It is everything. I could care less about the amount. You know what I see? I see a, I see a family that's creating a habit. I don't wanna just do it when I'm motivated, but I want, I want Jesus is doing something in my heart. And when Jesus does something in my heart, I'm going to turn it into a habit. And you know what habits become? Lifestyles. Five bucks. Had a conversation with him one day. You know what I told him? I said, I am so proud of you. 
And, and he completely is like, oh, I, I know I need to, I need, it needs to be way more than five bucks. I said, stop, stop, stop. Stop saying, it, 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 one day it probably will be. I didn't start tithing out the gate. I'll tell you that right now. I started like five bucks, 10 bucks. And, and it was a process. But I'm having this conversation and I'm like, I'm emotional with it. I'm like, I'm so proud of you because you're setting a habit of generosity for you and your family. It isn't about the amount. And maybe, maybe for you it's that. And I'm not just trying to get money for the church. I don't care. I'll sell out to the church because it's the only entity Jesus Christ died for and it, and it invests in eternity. But maybe you want to give to a, 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 a um, what are those pet places called? Like, what are they called? Like, a, you know, you go get pets? A shelter, yeah. A home, humane Society, is that one? Okay, I, sometimes I forget things up here. So a lot of pressure, the lights, everything. So, um, <laughs> I don't care. Whatever, wherever you want to. But, 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 but what I, because I know when people get motivated in the moment. And I have been too, and that's not wrong. And sometimes I know, Pastor, you preached a powerful message, and, and maybe there's a big gift that's given behind it, and that's okay. I've done it. But probably what excites me more is, is just the consistency. It's week in and week out. Whether, Pastor, whether you motivate me or not, whether they play my favorite song or not, whether it's 70 degrees or 70 below, it doesn't matter. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Because I want to consume less. And I want to give more. And I want to save more. And I want to invest in the things that aren't temporal, Peter. Yeah, the building. Oh, it's so pretty. It's so whatever. I don't care. I want to invest in the eternal. I want to invest in lives, in people. That's what matters to God generosity. And then I think about as a follower of Jesus. Think of the gener... I wrote this down. If we're a follower of Jesus, consider for a moment, think about this, the generous gift of grace, the undeserved gift of mercy. It's overwhelming. Mercy, you're given Forgiveness, you can have it. Second chances, it's here. Third chances, it's here. Fourth chances, it's here. Twenty-third chances, it's here. Because Jesus Christ is here and he'll never give up on you. So, I'll tell you what is different. Here's what's really different. A man named Jesus came down, gave up his rights, his divine rights as a God. He came to earth. You know what he did? Here's, this is different. He lived a perfect life. Something that you and I could never do. Lived a perfect life. Never sinned. Never did anything wrong. That's what he did. And then he, he did that all only to die a horrible death. A heinous death on a cross. Brutal. That's different. And, but in that moment on that cross, oh, lean in. God, lean into this. On that cross, Jesus Christ, this is different. Jesus Christ would all of a sudden, he would take the blame for everything you and I have done wrong. Everything. He says, I'll take it. Bring it to me. All your sin, all your mess ups, all your screw ups, all, all the things you've looked at, all the people you've hurt, all the things that you've said, I'll take it all on me. I'll take the blame for everything you've done wrong. And he says, but I'm not going to stop there because I love you so much. Ah, day of love. I want to give you credit for everything that I've done right. What? What? But Jesus, you've done everything right. He said, I know. And, and, and I want to give it to you. So I will take the blame for all that you've done wrong. Wrong. I'll give you credit for everything I've done right. 
See, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's better than any jackpot. It's better than any fame. It's better than any fortune. Oh my God, you can clap louder than that, can Jesus Christ, he's a generous God. He's a giving God. He is a glorious God. I need to hear somebody. Why, why would we not shout? It's okay. God, when you've been set free, from Jesus, you'll get excited, I promise. I'm gonna pray for you in a moment. I wanna say this, and I'll never stop saying this. What you heard about the cross and the credit and him taking the blame, in a sense, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus did that. I was talking to somebody who grew up like me in a Catholic background, and if that's you, I'm not saying I don't ever badmouth that faith. That gave me a foundation for Jesus. But in it, I always thought I got to earn my way to heaven. I got to be good. Good people go to heaven. <laughs> You've heard this before, haven't you? Bad people go to hell. Is that true or false? Yes. See, you're getting it, aren't you? You're getting it. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. Amen. Amen. I love it. She's learning. She's being taught just like me. Saved people go to heaven. People covered by the grace of God go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. That's the difference. If you want to surrender everything, we were serving at the mobile food pantry yesterday. My God, it was cold. Can I just say it out loud? So it was cold, but, but what warmed my heart is all, so many of you there serving and filling up cars with food for people that have way less than we have. We've been blessed so much. And we're filling these cars, and I'm talking to a young woman, and she tells me her story. And it's a crazy story. I mean, it is intense. But just like yours is crazy too, and your, yours matters just as much as mine or hers. And, and I said, when did, you, when did you surrender your life to Jesus? And she thought about it and she goes, she goes, what do you exactly mean? And I said, well, do you have a point where you, where you, you know, the Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. And you, you, you all of a sudden you surrender and you say, I don't want it. And God forgive me and make me new and come into me, your Holy Spirit. And she paused and she goes, I, I, I've never done that. And I said, do you want to do it? And she said, yeah. So, so guess what we're doing after the service? She's going to surrender her life to Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, she, I'll say it again. She's going to surrender her life to Jesus Christ. So it happens in a moment, but it's lived out in a lifetime. For me, it's a daily surrender because I, I have a selfish heart. I'll pick up my cross and, uh, or, or I'll put my cross down and pick up my will. I'm jacked up, so pray for your pastor. But I just want you to know you can have new life in Christ today. You can have it today. Online, type I choose Jesus in the comments right now. Oh, pastor, you say it every week. And I'll be saying it 50 years from now if God hasn't killed me yet, okay? I'll keep saying it. Type I choose Jesus. Typing the words doesn't save you. Praying a certain prayer doesn't save you. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that saves you. But typing it is the beginning. Uh, uh, saying a prayer is a declaration saying, I'm starting today. I've surrendered my life today. The Holy Spirit lives into me today. And if that's you, fill out a card. Talk to me. I'll pray with you too. We'll pray with you. I just want you to know there's no way you can be generous without the Holy Spirit in you. You can give to certain things without the Holy Spirit, but to have a generous heart, you can't do it without the Holy Spirit in you. And the only way he enters you is when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Bible says you will be saved. It ain't good people, it's saved people. It's forgiven people. Oh, and by the way, let me just say this, because I feel right now, I feel like there's somebody that's thinking this. You're thinking what I thought, I don't deserve it. I don't, the pastor, that, that, that mercy that you're talking about, I, I don't deserve that. Because I've said that to myself. I, some days I still say to myself, that forgiveness that you're talking about, I don't deserve that. The second chances, nah, -uh, I don't deserve that. 
Maybe you're watching online or listening, or in your, you're in the room and you're thinking, that sacrifice about Jesus on the cross, I, I'm not worth that. Because I literally thought that. And let me tell you what the Lord told me that day when I thought that. This is what the Lord said. Here's the deal. If you were the only one on the planet, just you and you alone, if you were the only one on the planet and nobody else was here, Jesus Christ himself would crawl up on that cross and he would die again just for you. That's how valuable you are. You want to know what you're worth? You're worth the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's a lot. That is a lot. Thank you, God. It's overwhelming. How can we stand in, uh, in the shadow of a bloodstained cross and not say, God, I'll give you everything? This world is not my home. These things are not mine. They're all, I'm only borrowing them. I'll live one tr uh, trillions of years somewhere else. It will not be here. I want it to be with him in heaven. And I bet you do too. But until he calls me a new home, I want to be generous. Because through our generosity, other people will find Jesus. And that's exciting. That's what I want. Father, I thank you so much for your word and your truth. God, I feel hypocritical. Can I say it out loud, God? I feel hypocritical standing up here and trying to teach your people that you love and you created about generosity. Knowing my heart and how it is, even, even with your Holy Spirit in me, God, how, how I'm, I'm tempted to just hold on and tempted to have a scarcity mindset and tempted to think, I don't know. I don't know. God, I, I'm repenting right now in front of the church and, and saying, continually change my heart. Help me be more generous. Help me be more generous because when we're generous, God, other people are gonna see you in us. God, I pray for anybody who struggles like I do. It might be with money. God, it might be with their time. It might be with the gifts you've given them. And we focus on us or our family. And if we look at our week, that, that dominates all of our week or most of it. And we'll give you a sliver on Sunday morning and maybe a sliver some prayers at bedtime or before meals and God, I've done that most of my life and I just, I, I want to give you more than that. I want to I be like that widow. I don't get it. I still can't comprehend it. She gave everything? How did she know how she was going to eat? How did she know? But she, she didn't have to worry because you had her. God, did you have her? Let us know that you have us like that. For people that feel like they're scared or they're, they're frightened or they, they're scared to even start a, a habit of generosity, God, give them the courage. Like that, like that family that you gave the courage to set it and forget it and say, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I want to create a habit of generosity. I, it's, 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 it's a heart thing. And from the heart, we create habits. And from habits, we live lifestyles. And li lifestyles are what define us. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. This church will always be centered on him, Father. We promise. We'll never stop preaching the gospel. We'll never stop teaching that it isn't our good works that save us, but God, it's your grace. But we do know we have to accept it. We do have a part to play. We have to accept it. We have to repent. We have to call on your name. Again, Jesus said, turn from your sin. That's our part. We have to do that. We need you to help us do that. Turn to you. We're doing that right now. God, we want you. Please, please, please. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand and it's coming close and it is close, God. Let us never forget that. This world is not our home, God. Thank you for, thank you that there's more. In fact, why do you think we always say the best is yet to come? Because it is. The best is yet to come because you're on the throne and, we, and we're grateful, God. So we thank you, we love you. 
In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I wanna ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.